This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. What makes Smart Food so smart? It's Air Pop popcorn, tossed in white cheddar cheese, only 70 calories per cup, a notorious black bag of popcorn deliciousness. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com. On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no. She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner. Doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello, brother dudes and dudettes. Uh, this is Russ Wolf. I am your host, Dr. I am your host, Dr. Damien Gibson, DMD. And this is your recap and review of All Elite Wrestling's Rampage um, for the 1st of October, 2021, the year of our Lord and Saviour, Brian Danielson. Uh, we start with Nick Jackson versus Brian Danielson. First and foremost, the presentation of this is so much better than Dynamite. Two-man comms booth to start with. Um, with uh, Excalibur and Taz, you just got two people who know what they're doing, know what they're talking about, and put the actual talent over. Um, and uh, yeah, there is a hell of a lot of talent in this match. Nick Jackson had the early upper hand, although he's uh, not taking Brian seriously, led to Brian hitting a suicide dive and getting the ascendancy. Uh, when the rest back was turned, Matt Jackson, uh, Nick's twin, no, not twin brother, brother. Um, I don't know why I went, went to say twin brother there. Uh, attacks Brian. Nick Jackson starts doing yes kicks as a little uh, heelish you know, provocation of, uh, Brian, uh, Brian just uh, knelt there and took it and started like, he does this, um, he used to do it in WWE as well, but starts doing the Brian Danielson, uh, hulking out, you know, instead of leaning into the, um, the, uh, yes kicks. I, I keep going to call them it kicks from fucking Miz. Ugh. Talk about, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, uh, then he started chopping and kicking the hell out of Nick Jackson. Uh, Brandon Cutler uh, ate a uh, Nick Jackson kick that was just absolutely brutal. Uh, Brian show, has shown uh, his expertise in submission wrestling throughout this match, and it uh, was fitting that he got uh, the win with an arched submission. Um, then the Elite came down. They checked on Matt. Uh, then Christian Jurassic Express uh, came down. And then we got another one of these like faces doing heelish type stuff. Jungle Boy puts Adam Cole in a snare trap. Brian Danielson puts Kenny in a LaBelle lock. Uh, and the segment ends. I don't know if we needed the tag. Like, I don't know if we needed the tag on the end of this match. I think Brian Danielson just beating Nick Jackson would have been enough. Um, I know 
I know they're making TV and they're trying to get the stars on there. I just think it's a far better product without all this kind of WCW run-in faction shit. <laughs> um, there was a lot of that this week and it feels... It feels like you're desperately trying to cram in as many people into a TV show as possible. Um, yeah. Anyway, the the match itself was amazing. And the tag isn't that bad. It was just, yeah. And why are Jungle Boy and Brian Danielson, you know, doing this? Like, I know you can point and say, look, at you know, you do, not every action has to be black and white, face and heel, but... Jungle Boy and Brian Danielson are your two babyface, you know, white bread, tippy top faces, and getting them into submission poses after a match. I know the elite have probably provoked them a little bit, but it just didn't feel it didn't feel earned, um, and therefore felt a bit heelish and and just made no sense. Um. Next up, we get Hobbs and Hook introducing Ricky Starks promo. This is reminiscent of a lot of the promos that Ricky Starks would do on the independent circuit. Very slick, um, really building him up as a star. Um, And he is one. But I think, you know... um, you know, I know when Matt was on the podcast, I would always sort of take the position of like, you know, there's a lot of... There's these guys... MJF, Orange Cassidy, Jungle Boy, Ricky Starks, um, there's more, Brian Pillman Jr., you know, the the usual list that I roll off every week. Uh, There's plenty of time for them to become stars, but I think Ricky Starks and probably MJF uh, and Orange Cassidy are the three that are definitely ready to go to the next level now. Um, Jungle Boy, not 100% there yet, I don't think. Um, and, And this promo just showed it. You know, Starks has got all the all the ability in the world to to be anything. Um, and uh, the point of the promo is him talking to Brian Cage, basically saying like, you know, just because you're big doesn't mean that I can't smack you down. And um, which is interesting because there was no mention of Sam Punk, which was where Punk's storyline seemed to to go or was heading towards. When we come back from that promo, Starks is on commentary and he's sort of big upping himself with uh, Taz, you know, like, hey, how fucking good was that? Then we get a promo for Punk and he just doesn't mention Taz or uh, Team Taz at all. Um, the, you've got to come up with a better name than Team Taz, right? It's the FTW clan or something, you know what I mean? Uh, anyway, uh, really interesting. Really interesting and, and and very typical of Tony Khan that he will reset a story if he doesn't feel like it's working. I was quite keen to see Sam Punk versus Ricky Starks, but I can understand that people might have been like, hey, weren't you guys feuding with Brian Cage? I mean, what the fuck happened to that? It could have been Brian Cage that was like, hey, <laughs> hey, man, uh, you know, I was one of your big signings early on and it's really great and nice that CM Punk's here, but um, what about me? Um, yeah, so Punk basically in this promo saying that he's going to have people coming at him from all sides, which leaves the door open to a new uh, feud, and we'll get to that in a second because I've got a pretty good idea of who I think it'll be. 
before we get to that, we had Jay Cargill versus Nyla Rose versus Thunder Rosa. Uh, first thing off the bat, Vicky Guerrero needs to go. She was no good in WWE. She's no good in AEW. And it's another one of these things that, um, you know, uh, the heat meter. You know, people will be like, oh, well, you know, she's doing her job well because you hate her so much. Matt Hardy is another one where people will go, well, you know, if you hate them, uh, it's because they're doing their job properly as a heel. And it's like, no, it, 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 no. <laughs> because it's an exasperated sigh when they come out. It's not, it's not like, oh, I hate this character or, you know, it, it's, there's no, I'm trying to think of something, like Kenny Omega, right? Like Kenny Omega will come out and do things and I'll be like, oh God, what a dick. But the other side of my brain knows, oh, but this guy is really good. That promo was great. You know, um, he's in ring work is amazing. He's fucking Kenny Omega. There are, there's Miz heat, right? Which is go away heat. And then there's, you know, I'm trying to think of uh, heels that are, well, Adam Cole. You know, there's Adam Cole is a heel at the moment, but he is maybe the hottest thing in AEW. And and look, Vicky Guerrero, I'm sure she's a lovely person. That's what everybody says, you know, and it's tragic what happened with Eddie and all that kind of thing. And people want to continue to give her a job. Chris Jericho's instrumental in that. That's all very nice. But I come at that, come at this from a viewer, someone who pays for the content. Um, and I don't want to see Vicky Guerrero. I just don't. Especially when you keep adding, you know, it's funny who is sticking around on TV with the amount of talent that's being added to the roster all the time. Uh, anyway, she needs to go. This match popped when Rosa and Cargill were in the ring. Um, Rosa was doing best to make Cargill, uh, who's still very green, look good. Um, the crowd was just going dead whenever Nyla Rose was involved. And, and and unfortunately, and I've sort of been saying this the last couple of weeks, I don't have the same feelings towards Nyla Rose as I do Vicky Guerrero, uh, which are pretty strong, obviously. Um, but I, I just, she's just not quite, she's not there. She's not at the level of a Thunder Rosa or a Britt Baker. Jay Cargill is someone who has the potential. And, and I think the feud is being set up between those two. And that's great. Um, but it was just so evident in this match how much the crowd would drop whenever Nyla Rose was was involved. Um, Cargill gets the win here. That makes sense. AEW are trying to get her over, and that that's all good. It just look three way three way matches are always hard, and you've got to have three really talented people to to make it um, to make it work. And in this match, it was very apparent that there was a weak link in the in the I mix my metaphors in the triangle, uh, and um, yeah, unfortunately, that's Nyla Rose. I'm not saying fire her. I'm not saying kick her out in the street. I just they've been trying for two years to make her the um, beast heel of the women's division in AEW, and it's not working. Um, Jade Cargill is that will be that looks like she's got the potential to be that so yeah unfortunately i think we'll see nyla rose drop down the card or we should 
um, been a lot of booking decisions this week that have made not a lot of sense to me. Next up, we get a promo from Malachi Black who says that he's moving on from Cody and the AW universe jumps up and down and high fives. I know I was. Um, and then he says that uh, there's a hell of a lot of other souls that have a toll to pay. I think that first soul that he's talking about would be Sam Punk. I think Tony Khan's maybe done some you know, fantasy booking of his, well, it's not really fantasy, is it? He's done some booking during the week and gone, hang on a second. We could have CM Punk versus Alistair Black. Uh, that's huge. Um, I'm so glad that, uh, I'm so glad that uh, Malachi Black is, um, did I just call him Alistair before? I think I did. Anyway, um, the Malachi Black is moving on from Cody, uh, I think we need a rest from Cody for a bit or a heel turn, one or the other. Um, you can hear it in the crowd. They need to pull the trigger. I hope this maneuvering of storylines is facilitating that. Um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, my prediction is uh, Malachi Black versus Sam Punk. And who the fuck would not want to see that? Um, man, this main event is uh, at the same level as the majority of Dynamite this week. So we get a main event pre-match interview with Mark Henry. These are fine. I think Mark Henry is good at these. It's probably his level because um, he just, like, once he gets on the desk, he just sort of sounds a bit sort of lost and confused. Um, Orange Cassidy doesn't know what the hell this is, and uh, either do we as an audience. Uh the match was quite good in ring, um, but the stank of the Matt Hardy office is completely flattening the crowd here, not to mention the Dynamite episode prior. Um, it gets to the end of the match. We've got the Matt Hardy office coming out here. The best friends and Dark Order come out to stop them. Orange Cassidy gets the win. Then he shaves Jack Evans' head. Uh, and now we've got Negative One out here who gets to sit on Orange Cassidy's shoulders. Hopefully, now that this has all been done, um, we can all move on and get some decent wrestling next week. Now, I <laughs> I know a lot of people are going to be like, fuck, man, that's a bit harsh. I just, you know, as nice as it is that AEW is the kind of company that will do this, I think rearranging whole storylines and having big swaths of um, two TV shows to, you know... Um, I just think there was too much of a tribute happening here for Brody Lee uh, that just wasn't, it wasn't planned out. It, you know, it just, I don't know, a lot of it just sort of came out of nowhere. Please, please, for the love of God. So the other thing that we get as well is that we've got, it's the second year anniversary next year, uh, next week, sorry. Um, and we've got a, a ladder match happening for the number one contender spot, which, okay, cool. No worries. Um and they were they announced it. It was like Mox and a few others. I can't really remember off the top of my head. And then the two other people who were being announced um, were Orange Cassidy and Matt fucking Hardy. Now I just it's got to stop. Like seriously, <laughs> the fact that Matt Hardy is even in a match for the number one contendership. You know, when you've got people like Adam Cole and Sam Punk and Brian Danielson and Malachi Black who have all joined the company in the last six weeks, 
there's a Joker spot next week. My pick for the Joker is um, Bray Wyatt. Uh, or Buddy Murphy. One or the other. Um, either one would be rad. Uh, but yeah, I mean, again, you know, if that's either one of the Andrade's joined, I mean, the quality of wrestler that's joined the company in the, the last little bit has been stupendous. Matt Hardy can't, he, it just, I don't know what's going on. For someone who is usually so good at booking his own product in Tony Khan, I'm not quite sure what this, um, this consistent booking of, of Matt Hardy near the top of the, the card is. It's a, he's a lower mid card guy at best. If you're even going to book him, me personally, I wouldn't be booking him at all. Uh, but if you are going to book him, that's where he needs to be. And Orange Cassidy is above that. So, uh, you know, you, you can point to be like, oh, well, he, you know, he he headlined or, you know, he main evented Rampage this week. But it's like, yeah, against Jack Evans. And, and the crowd's reaction was correct. It was like, well, what's this shit? You know, why are we getting this? You know? Um, yeah. Sorry. I know I'm being really harsh on AEW this week, but the product just hasn't been good enough. You know, it just just hasn't. There's been patches, and really, it's been anything to do with Brian Danielson that have been good, um, and uh, and everything else. Not necessarily the talent's fault, but there's talent getting booked that shouldn't be getting booked, and and the main culprit is Matt Hardy, um, and uh, it's really starting to frustrate me. It's things like Vicky Guerrero hanging around, Matt Hardy being booked in main events. Jim Ross's terrible commentary. These things are holding, in my opinion, they're holding AEW back from from going to the next step again. If you've got, if you if you put together the Showtime Lakers, you know what I mean. Don't keep playing the six man at the tip off. It just doesn't make any sense. I'd like why you keep using, you know, mid card talent at the top end of the card you know you can be and if you point to like well we've got three hours of tv to fill now well you should never have gone to three hours in the first place um yeah not a great week for aw um i am suspecting that you know they'll pull it out of the fire a little bit next week because it's the two-year anniversary of dynamite so expecting a pretty big thing there but the three-hour tapings i think are getting in the way of um, telling good stories and also the crowd's reactions to things. Um, I know it's probably confusing for the people involved, but um, I would probably, seeing it's the smaller show, I'd be recording Rampage first and then Dynamite second. Um, But yeah, anyway. Uh, I'm going to leave it there, guys. Uh, News... Uh, The weekly news show will be out tomorrow. Uh, But until next time, brother dudes and dudettes, may your wrestling be good wrestling. Good night.